Chapter Ten of Just Patty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Just Patty by Jean Webster. Chapter Ten: Onions and Orchids. The perimeters of similar polygons are as their homologous sides. Patty dreamily assured herself of this important truth for the twentieth time as she sat by the open schoolroom window, her eyes on the billowing whiteness of the cherry tree which had burst into blossom overnight. It was particularly necessary that she should finish her lessons with dispatch because it was Saturday and she was going to the city with Mademoiselle's party to spend an hour in the dentist's chair but the weather was not conducive to concentrated effort. After an hour of half-hearted study, she closed her geometry and started upstairs to dress, leaving the stay-at-homes to another hour of work. She started upstairs, but she did not get very far on the way. As she passed the open door that led to the back porch, she stepped outside to examine the cherry tree at close range. Then she strolled the length of the pergola to see how the wisteria was coming on. From there it was just a step to the lane with its double row of pink-tipped apple trees. Before she knew it, Patty found herself sitting on the stone wall at the end of the lower pasture. Behind her lay the confines of St. Ursula's. Before her, the world. She sat on top of the wall and dangled her feet out of bounds. The very most scandalous crime one could commit at St. Ursula's was to go out of bounds without permission. Patty sat and gazed at the forbidden land. She knew that she had no time to waste if she were to catch the hearse and the train and the dentist's chair. But still she sat and dreamed. Finally, far across the fields on the high road, she spied the hearse bowling merrily to the station. Then it occurred to her that she had forgotten to report to Mademoiselle that she was going, and that Mademoiselle, accordingly, would not be missing her. At the school, of course, they would think she had gone, and likewise would not be missing her. Without any premeditated iniquity, she was free. She sat a few moments longer to let the feeling penetrate. Then she slid over the wall and started, a joyous young mutineer seeking adventure. Following the cheery course of the brook, she dipped into a tangled ravine and stretch of woodland, raced down a hillside and across a marshy meadow, leaping gaily from hummock to hummock, occasionally missing and going in. She laughed aloud at these misadventures, and waved her arms and romped with the wind. In addition to the delicious sense of feeling free was the added delicious sense of feeling bad. The combination was intoxicating. And so, always following the stream, she came at last to another wood. Not a wild wood like the first— but a tame domesticated wood. The dead limbs were cut away, and the ground was neatly brushed up under the trees. The brook flowed sedately between the fern-bordered banks under rustic bridges, and widened occasionally into pools carpeted with lily-pads. Mossy paths set with stepping-stones led off into mysterious depths that the eye could not penetrate. The leaves were just out enough to half-hide and to tantalize. The grass was starred with crocuses. It looked like an enchanted wood in a fairy tale. This second wood, however, was bordered by a solid stone wall, and on top of the wall by four strands of barbed wire. 
signs appeared at intervals three were visible from where patty stood stating that these were private grounds and that trespassers would be prosecuted to the full extent of the law patty knew well to whom it belonged she had often passed the front gates which faced on that other road the estate was celebrated in the neighborhood in the united states for the matter of that it comprised five hundred acres and belonged to a famous or infamous multimillionaire his name was silas weatherby and he was the originator of a great many wicked corporations he had beautiful conservatories full of tropical plants a sunken italian garden an art collection and picture gallery he was a crusty old codger always engaged in half a dozen lawsuits he hated the newspapers and the newspapers hated him he was in particularly bad repute at st ursula's because in response to a politely couched note from the principal asking that the art class might view his botticelli and the botany class his orchids he had ungraciously replied that he couldn't have a lot of schoolgirls running over his place if he let them come one year he would have to let them come another and he didn't wish to establish a precedent patty looked at the no trespassing signs and the barbed wire and she looked at the wood beyond they couldn't do anything if they did catch her she reasoned except turn her out people weren't jailed nowadays for taking a peaceable walk in other people's woods besides the millionaire person was attending a directors meeting in chicago this bit of neighborhood gossip she had gleaned that morning in her weekly perusal of the daily press saturday night at dinner they were supposed to talk on current topics so saturday morning they glanced at the headlines and an editorial since the family were not at home why not drop in and inspect the italian garden the servants were doubtless more polite than the master she selected a portion of the wall where the wire seemed slack and wriggled under stomach-wise tearing only a small hole in the shoulder of her blouse she played with the enchanted wood half an hour or so then following a path she quite suddenly left the wood behind and popped out into a garden not a flower garden but a kitchen garden on a heroic scale neat plots of sprouting vegetables were bordered by currant bushes and the whole was surrounded by a high brick wall against which pear trees were trained in the english fashion a gardener was engaged with his back toward patty in setting out baby onions she studied him dubiously divided between a prompting to run and a social instinct of friendliness he was an extremely picturesque gardener dressed in knickerbockers and leather gaiters with a touch of red in his waistcoat and a cardigan jacket and a cap on the side of his head he did not look very affable but he did look rheumatic even if he chased her she was sure that she could run faster than he so she settled herself on his wheelbarrow and continued to watch him while she pondered an opening remark he glanced up suddenly and caught sight of her the surprise nearly tipped him over good morning said patty pleasantly Ugh, granted the man what are you doing here watching you plant onions this struck patty as a self-evident truth but she was perfectly willing to state it he grunted again as he straightened his back and took a step toward her where'd you come from he demanded gruffly over there 
Patty waved her hand largely to westward. Hm, he remarked. You belong to that school? Saint something or other? She acknowledged it. St. Ursula's monogram was emblazoned large upon her sleeve. Do they know you're out? No, she returned candidly. I don't believe they do. I am quite sure of it, in fact. They think I've gone to the dentist with Mademoiselle, and she thinks I'm at school. So it leaves me entirely at leisure. I thought I'd come over and see what Mr. Weatherby's Italian garden looks like. I'm interested in Italian gardens. Well, I'll be, he commenced, and came a trifle nearer and stared again. Did you happen to see any no trespassing signs as you came through? Mercy, yes. The whole place is peppered with them. They don't seem to have impressed you much. Oh, I never pay any attention to no trespassing signs, said Patty easily. You'd never get anywhere in this world if you let them bother you. The man unexpectedly chuckled. I don't believe you would, he agreed. I've never let them bother me, he added meditatively. Can't I help you plant your onions? Patty asked politely. It struck her that this might be the quickest route to the Italian garden. Why, yes, thank you. He accepted her offer with unexpected cordiality, and gravely explained the mode of the work. The onions were very tiny, and they must be set right side up with great care, because it is very difficult for an embryonic onion to turn itself over after it has once got started in the wrong direction. Patty grasped the business very readily, and followed along in the next row three feet behind him. It turned out sociable work. By the end of fifteen minutes they were quite old friends. The talk ranged far, over philosophy and life and morals. He had a very decided opinion on every subject. She put him down as scotch. He seemed a well-informed old fellow, though, and he read the papers. Patty had also read the paper that morning. She discoursed at some length upon whether or not corporations should be subject to state control. She stoutly agreed with her editor that they should. He maintained that they were like any other private property, and that it was nobody's damned business how they managed themselves. "'A penny, please,' said Patty, holding out her hand. "'A penny? What for?' "'That damn. Every time you use slang or bad grammar, you have to drop a penny in the charity box.' "'Damn is much worse than slang. It's swearing.' I ought to charge you five cents, but since this is the first offense, I'll let you off with one. He handed over his penny, and Patty gravely pocketed it. What sort of things do you learn in that school? he inquired, with a show of curiosity. She obligingly furnished a sample. The perimeters of similar polygons are as their homologous sides. "'You will find that useful,' he commented, with a suggestion of a twinkle in his eye. "'Very,' she agreed, on examination day. After half an hour, onion planting grew to be wearying work. But Patty was bound to be game, and stick to her job as long as he did. Finally, however, the last onion was in, and the gardener rose and viewed the neat rose with some satisfaction. "'That will do for today,' he declared. "'We've earned a rest.' They sat down, Patty on the wheelbarrow, the man on an upturned tub. "'How do you like working for Mr. Weatherby?' she inquired. "'Is he as bad as the papers make out?' 
the gardener chuckled slightly as he lighted his pipe well he said judiciously he's always been very decent to me but i don't know as his enemies have any cause to love him i think he's horrid said patty why asked the man with a slight air of challenge he was quite willing to run his master down himself but he would not permit an outsider to do it he's so terribly stingy with his old conservatories the dowager i mean mrs trent the principal you know wrote and asked him to let the botany class see his orchids and he was just as rude as he could be i'm sure he didn't mean it the man apologized oh yes he did maintained patty he said he couldn't have a lot of schoolgirls running through and breaking down his vines as if we would do such a thing we have perfectly beautiful manners we learn em every thursday night maybe he was a little rude he agreed but you see he hasn't had your advantages miss he didn't learn his manners in a young lady's boarding school he didn't learn them anywhere patty shrugged the gardener took a long pull at his pipe and studied the horizon with narrowed eyes it isn't quite fair to judge him the way you would other people he said slowly he's had a good deal of trouble in his life and now he's old and i dare say pretty lonely sometimes all the world's against him when people are decent he knows it's because they're after something your teacher now is polite when she wants to see his conservatories but i'll bet she believes he's an old thief isn't he asked patty the man grinned slightly he has his moments of honesty like the rest of us perhaps patty grudgingly conceded he may not be so bad when you know him it's often the way now there was lordy our latin teacher i used to despise her and then in the hour of trial she came up to the scratch and was perfectly bully he held out his hand a penny patty handed him back his own she kept me from getting expelled she did really i've never been able to hate her since and you know i miss it dreadfully it's sort of fun having an enemy i've had a good many he nodded and i've always managed to enjoy them and probably they're really quite nice she suggested oh yes he agreed the worst criminals are often very pleasant people when you see their right side yes that's true said patty it's mainly chance that makes people bad i know it is in my own case this morning for instance i got up with every intention of learning my geometry and going to the dentist's and yet here i am and so she pointed a moral you always ought to be kind to criminals and remember that under different circumstances you might have been in jail yourself that thought he acknowledged has often occurred to me i we that is he resumed after a moment of amused meditation mr weatherby believes in giving a man a chance if you have any convict friends who are looking for a job this is the place to send them we used to have a cattle thief taking care of the cows and a murderer in charge of the orchids what fun cried patty have you got him now i should love to see a murderer he left some time ago the place was too slow for him how long have you been working for mr weatherby she asked 
a good many years and i've worked hard he added with a slight air of challenge i hope he appreciates you yes i think on the whole that he does he knocked the ashes from his pipe and rose and now he suggested should you like me to show you the italian garden oh yes said patty if you think mr weatherby wouldn't mind i'm head gardener i do what i please if you're head gardener what makes you plant onions it's tiresome work good for my character oh patty laughed and then you see when i have a tendency to overwork the men under me i stop and think how my own back ached you're much too nice a man to work for him she pronounced approvingly thank you miss he touched his hat with a grin the italian garden was a fascinating spot with marble steps and fountains and clipped yew trees oh i wish connie could see it patty cried and who is she connie's my roommate she's awfully interested in gardens this year because she's going to get the botany prize for analyzing the most plants at least i think she's going to get it it's between her and karen hershey all the rest of the class have dropped out may van arsdale is working against connie to spite me because i wouldn't stay in an old secret society that she started she gets orchids from the city and gives them to karen hm he frowned over this tangle of intrigue is it entirely fair for the rest to help oh yes said patty they have to do the analyzing but their friends can collect and paste every time anybody goes for a walk she comes back with her blouse stuffed full of specimens for either connie or karen the nice girls are for connie karen's an awful dig she wears eyeglasses and thinks she knows everything i'm for miss connie myself he declared is there any way in which i could help patty glanced about tentatively you have quite a number of plants she suggested that connie hasn't got in her book you shall take back as many as you can carry he promised we'll pay a visit to the orchid house they left the garden behind and turned toward the glass roofs of the conservatories patty was so entertained that she had entirely forgotten the passage of time until she came face to face with a clock in the gable of the carriage house then she suddenly realized that st ursula's luncheon had been served three-quarters of an hour before and that she was in a starving condition oh goodness gracious i forgot all about luncheon is it a very grave crime to forget about luncheon well said patty with a sigh i sort of miss it i might furnish you with enough to sustain life for a short time he suggested oh could you she asked relievedly she was accustomed to having a table spread three times a day and she cared little who furnished it just some milk she said modestly and some bread and butter and er uh, cookies then you see i won't have to go back till four o'clock when they come from the station and maybe i can slip in without being missed you just wait in the pavilion and i'll see what the gardener's cottage can supply us he was back in fifteen minutes chuckling as he lugged a big hamper we'll have a picnic he proposed oh let's said patty joyously she did not mind eating with him in the least for he had washed his hands and appeared quite clean she helped him unpack the hamper and set the table in the little pavilion beside the fountain 
he had lettuce sandwiches a pat of cottage cheese a jug of milk orange marmalade sugar cookies and gingerbread hot from the oven what a perfectly bully spread she cried he held out his hand another penny patty peered into an empty pocket you'll have to charge it i've used up all my ready money the spring sun was warm the fountain was splashing the wind was sprinkling the pavilion floor with white magnolia petals patty helped herself to marmalade with a happy sigh of contentment the most fun in the world is to run away from the things you ought to do she pronounced he acknowledged this immoral truth with a laugh i suppose you ought to be working she asked there are one or two little matters that might be better for my attention and aren't you glad you're not doing them bully glad she held out her hand give it back the scent returned to her pocket and the meal progressed gaily patty was in an elated frame of mind and patty's elation was catching escaping from bounds trespassing on a private estate planting onions and picnicking in the italian garden with the head gardener she had never had such a dizzying whirl of adventures the head gardener also seemed to enjoy the sensation of offering sanctuary to a runaway schoolgirl their appreciation of the lark was mutual as patty with painstaking honesty was dividing the last of the gingerbread into two exact halves she was startled by the sound of a footstep on the gravel path behind and there walked into their party a groom a crimson-faced gaping young man who stood mechanically bobbing his head patty stared back a touch apprehensively she hoped that she hadn't got her friend into trouble it was very possibly against the rules for gardeners to entertain runaway schoolgirls in the italian garden the groom continued to stare and to duck his head and her companion rose and faced him well he inquired with a note of sharpness what do you want beg pardon sir but this telegram come and richard says it might be important sir and he says for me to find you sir he received the telegram ran his eyes over it scribbled an answer on the back with a gold pencil which he extracted from his pocket and dismissed the man with a curt nod the envelope had fluttered to the table and lay there face up patty inadvertently glanced at the address and as the truth flashed across her she hid her head against the back of the stone seat in a gale of laughter her companion looked momentarily sheepish then he too laughed you have enjoyed the privilege of telling me exactly how rude you think i am not even the reporters always allow themselves that pleasure oh but that was before i knew you i think now that you have perfectly beautiful manners he bowed his thanks i shall endeavor to have better in the future it will be my pleasure to put my greenhouses at the disposal of the young ladies of st ursula's some afternoon soon really she smiled that's awfully nice of you they repacked the hamper and divided the crumbs among the goldfish in the fountain and now he inquired which will you visit first the picture gallery or the orchids patty emerged from the orchid house at four o'clock her arms filled with an unprecedented collection for connie's book the big yellow four-in-hand coach was standing outside the stable being washed she examined it interestedly should you like to have me drive you home on that 
Oh, I'd love it, Patty dimpled. But I'm afraid it wouldn't be wise, she added on second thought. No, I'm sure it wouldn't be wise. She firmly turned her back. Her eyes fell on the road, and an apprehensive light sprang to her face. There's the hearse. The hearse? Yes, the school wagonette. I think I'd better be going. He accompanied her back through the vegetable garden and the enchanted wood, and held her flowers while she crawled under the fence, tearing a hole in the other shoulder of her blouse. They shook hands through the barbed wire. "'I've enjoyed both the onions and the orchids,' said Patty politely, "'and particularly the gingerbread. "'And if I ever have any convict friends in need of employment, "'I may send them to you?' "'Do so,' he urged. "'I will find them a job here.' "'She started off, then turned to wave good-bye to him. "'I've had a perfectly bully time.' "'A penny,' he called. "'Patty laughed and ran.' End of chapter 10 Recording by Patty Cunningham